Welcome, welcome. This is the Plant Your Seeds of Transformation podcast show. I'm your host, Donna Marie Johnson, also known as Author Donna Marie. And you can find me over at authordonnamarie.com for all things about me. But the plantyourseeds.show website is where you find out about our wonderful guests, such as Miss Linda King. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. I'm going to include all things about Linda King on plantyourseeds.show. <laughs> but I want her to also get an opportunity to introduce her own self. Well, thank you, Donna. I'm so excited to be here. And I am, uh, this is my first time on a podcast. How about that? Wonderful. <laughs> Welcome to the I'm podcast excited. world. Thank you so much. Uh, and as as way of introduction, I usually ascribe to myself that I'm a speaker. I'm also a facilitator by professional trade, but in my realm of what I do, I am an identity expert. And for me, that is really helping individuals, specifically believers, really to see how who they are and how they're showing up. Uh, and I usually tag it, you know, I'm helping believers that happen to be frustrated, stuck, or confused with their life really to get the solutions that they need, to exercise the options that they may have overlooked, but most importantly, to get clarity for their life through that process of rediscovery. Process of rediscovery. I love that. I love that. I, I know that I'm definitely rediscovering a lot in my own life with the yeah. help of the different uh, professionals and um family and friends that God has mm -hmm. placed in my path. And I'm really grateful for people who have supported me in my journey. I wouldn't mm. be who I am today and I wouldn't be where I am today without all of those different people. Who has mm. influenced you in that way? Who has helped you to rediscover Linda? Well, you know, much like you just said, there are people and oftentimes there are places on in the journey that God will put you in that helps to start the unveiling. And so if I think about a person or people in particular, it was the people in my work environment when I was in corporate America and those that were authentic and genuine enough to embrace me for who I was. And you know what, Donna, despite sometimes how we ascribe our, our enemies and our haters, they too play a part in that rediscovery process. That is, yeah. true. That is so mm -hmm. true. Yeah, we can learn Yeah, from yeah. anybody if we open our hearts and our minds to do that. And mm -hmm. even, I mean, you can't help but get upset or get offended when you feel like somebody's coming for you. But mm -hmm. after you set, you get past yourself, you can learn. Yeah. And, and I found Donna that in those moments, they, they, they trigger what I like to call an identity crisis. Mm -hmm. And, you know, oftentimes we think of identity crises as something that is very traumatic. And to a certain degree it is because we are just that important. And my faith has been extremely instrumental in grounding me and settling me. And so when I talk about having an identity crisis, when you look at what that means, it's really saying that 
there is a situation that has occurred where a critical decision has to get made. And, and when it comes to identity, I have been confronted with a situation that is requiring me to make a decision. And the challenge is who is going to show up in that decision? Will it be my old nature and how I've always handled that situation, only getting the same results? Or am I open to this new path, this new awareness, this new discovery that God is trying to show me in that situation? And here's the thing that I have to choose. I have to make a choice. And- very often we choose what's comfortable to us and we make those decisions based on that as opposed to choosing the unfamiliar or the unknown path which is really the path that God is saying I need you to go down that journey because I need you to discover more about you and how you are really showing up being on the journey of transformation Mm -hmm. what does that word transformation mean so far as from your point of view as an identity expert, what does the term transformation mean? When I think about transformation, I, I, you know, immediately, you know, I'm a believer. So my mind immediately goes to the passage that says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Yes. And so I think that that is all encompassing. That is what God wants. If when the mind becomes transformed, then my decisions and my thought process and how I see what is in front of me cognitively, what what I'm looking at changes. And so the transformation is one that I, here's the thing. I want to say it's happening with or without you. But there's so it's so much greater when you partake in it, when you allow it to happen. Because people struggle to change. And I oftentimes will tell people it's not that they're struggling with change, they're struggling with transition, or in this case, the transformation. It's unknown. You know, and so when I hear that, I hear that I have to trust the God who put me in it, that he's going to transform me in a better way out of it. When we think of Jesus, Mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I think of death. Mm, Yeah. And when we think of transformation, for instance, in terms of a seed, Mm-hmm. being planted in the ground mm-hmm. that's very much the same as death yeah yeah this little dry brown gray whatever thing you put that in the ground yeah essentially it's dead and it will yeah. stay dead except for water mm-hmm. light mm-hmm. nutrients other mm-hmm. things being provided to that seed, mm-hmm. that dead seed in that ground yeah. that <laughs> caused the transformation. Yeah, yeah. And, and just as the way you describe that, Donna, it, it, so it's saying then that there are um, external factors that have to contribute to that growth. And, you know, where that seed is planted, it was planted deliberately in a place for it to have growth. And we, we, sometimes we disassociate that seed means death, 
because it's going in the ground. We just think, we just see the end result. We don't understand the process that it had to go through to be what we now appreciate and value today. So it was looking dead, but it didn't stay that way. Jesus Mm -hmm. looked dead, but he didn't stay that way. Parts of our lives may look dead, but God has promised that doesn't have to stay that way. It's a matter of, do we believe him mm-hmm. enough, to, enough to do the work required yeah. to bring the growth, to bring the transformation from what looks dead to what can be something very glorious? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think too often we have looked to the, um, to the external and, and thinking that if I just get the right job, if I just get with the right spouse, if I just get to the right social economic status, then I will see the fruits of my labor. I will see that. And more often than not, it is that inward work, the things on the inside that you have to let die so that you can fully grow, especially as believers, in the full image of who he is. So in terms of as you're working with clients who are coming into maybe an identity crisis, maybe they have advanced in years. I'm not going to say get old. We don't like that word. Um, They've advanced in years and stuff around them looks a lot different. Maybe their kids are gone. You know, maybe they have grandkids now. Maybe they're completely alone. Maybe they've gotten a divorce. Maybe um, the people, some somebody or some people close to them have died, which unfortunately a lot of people have gone through on a much more, um, a faster pace over the last couple of years, few years. Yeah. Um, maybe they, they're facing a crisis in their identity because so much has changed so much has died. Some people have literally died. Mm-hmm. How do you support people with understanding their transformation process now that they are in a crisis, an identity crisis? Yeah, yeah, it, and you're right. It is life as we knew it three years ago is is very different, and the events of that make up our world are so very present and so very much in front of us that it would be difficult to not uh, to escape from some of the challenges. And, and yet it's a, it's a perfect timing to begin to do the work that's needed for the journey. And so oftentimes I do encounter people that are in these, the, this influx, this transition of, of, of being transformed and they're not fully aware they just know that their life has been turned upside down. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so I, you know, I offer to them, you know, five strategies that really help to begin that journey. And the first strategy is you have to see, you have to really see who you are. You have to take that time to, to be in the presence of someone who designed you, a God who knew you from, knew that you would be here and begin to ask him deliberate questions. Who am I? Who have you called me to be? All of the variables, the externals around me have have changed, but the one constant is I'm here and God is saying, and so am I. You have to do the work of seeing 
who you are in light of everything that you've experienced. Why are you here? And do that work and begin to ask God to show you who you are to him. How does he see yourself through the eyes of God? So for someone who might not be fully aware mm -hmm. of, of who made them, mm -hmm. how do they get in touch with understanding how he sees them? If they mm -hmm. are not even, they're not even really aware of that. What, what can lead them to getting in touch with him? Yeah, that, that, that's a valid question. And I've always said, Donna, that there comes a time in our life that we are going to be confronted truly with who God is, whether, we, whether it's in a time of crisis or in a time of, of, of grief. And I have found that he shows up in our life to show himself. And I think that we have to uh, help people to see those moments when God is showing up. You know, God can show up on Instagram. God can find you on TikTok. He is, he is so willing to be transparent. I think the challenge is we have to, um, you know, we have, we have this phrase now where we call, you know, be, be woke. I think people ha have to recognize that there are circumstances that they're confronted with that God is knocking. And so oftentimes I have told my clients, I said, you know, you're rushing around, you're everything to everybody else. You're fulfilling all of these roles in everyone's life, but you are still unfulfilled. And you thinking that, well, this is just life. This is the way it's going to be. That is not God's plan. And so it is helping people to see that there is something greater. And take that time. I told my clients, I said, look, you need to take time alone. If that means going and sitting in your car, and, and just sitting in that car and getting still and asking God. Thank God for, for cars. That's the best privacy on earth when you have a busy household. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And sometimes God can show up in other people. Absolutely. He can, he can make an appearance through a little child. Yeah. Yeah. He can make yeah. an appearance through let's say for a person who is busy rushing around doing stuff, he can make an appearance through the cashier. He can make an yes. appearance through a janitor mopping the floor. He yes. can make an appearance through a teacher, let's say a professor. Yeah. You know, I go to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, a, I'm enrolled at a, at a Christian university. And one of the, the things that I love the most about it is that my teachers have the freedom to pray mm -hmm. with us, to pray mm. for us, to send us scriptures, to encourage us. Mm. Not all schools are open to that, okay? Yeah. Not all teachers have that kind of freedom. And mm -hmm. so I'm really grateful for that because God has used my teachers in great ways to help me. Wow. And I'm really grateful that he led me to choose on purpose a school mm. that was a Christian school because they weren't the first ones to re respond to my application. 
The first mm-hmm. school to respond to my application was one of those big ones that does a lot right. of marketing and you see uh-huh. them on TV all the time. They responded uh-huh. probably, it was probably less than 24 hours. Wow. But something in me said, hold up, just wait. Mm. The other school, the Christian school responded within about 24 to 48 hours. And mm. I was so grateful that I waited because something in me just said, you need wow. this, you need this. Wow. And I, at the time, I didn't know how much I would need them because mm-hmm. that, was a, that was a year before I had to slow things way down because of family mm-hmm. circumstances. And, you know, if I had been at the other school, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would have had the grace that I had from this school to be able to get my stuff together, regroup mm. because family stuff was interrupting and regroup and slow down and just take it slower to finish. Um, Mm. So that's where God showed up for me through those people. Um, A lot of times people who are having um, what what we call come to Jesus moments with themselves, (laughs) they realize you were talking earlier about how sometimes people are just so busy and so, and specifically women, okay? Specifically yeah. women, Black women. We yeah. taking care of everybody else. Absolutely. Not properly taking care of our own selves. Not mm-hmm. necessarily because we don't want to take care of ourselves, but because sometimes we just really kind of don't know how. Mm. Yeah, how, we forgot how, how to make ourselves a priority. How do you, how does a woman who finds herself at the end of herself. She is not happy. She's not getting what she wants out of life. How does she regroup and start to still love people, still take care of people, but while also taking care of herself? What are some tips that you would give to that kind of a, a, a person who wants to do better for themselves. It's 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 so um, it's so timely that you asked that question because uh, you know I'm preparing to do a, a master class which is on you know five strategies every frustrated, stuck, or confused woman needs for her life, and I do this master class once a month. And part of looking, part of that masterclass is looking at the many roles that you play in the lives of other people and identifying how are you showing up in those roles? What are the consequences when you show up frustrated, stuck, or confused in all of these roles that impact the lives of other people? Because I think it's important that uh, that we we as black women who are busy and occupied and not and low prioritized in our life to start to think about how am I showing up in them and the consequences you know the tension between you and your spouse is not just because you're angry it's because you're tired your inability to connect to your children it's not because you know they're teenagers it's just that you are so busy doing doing that you haven't done the work that's needed to develop that relationship with them. And so for me, it's helping them to understand the detriment of the consequences. And then a part of the strategy is not just to see who you are, but to confront yourself. 
confront how did you get there and I've had people say well you know what it's only me I'm the only person you know I'm an only child I, no but no but is it that you refuse the help of other people is it because to coin your phrase they're stuck in the toxicity of perfectionism because more times than not the circumstances that we find ourselves in Donna sometimes are a direct result of the choices that we've made that are driven by unrealistic expectations mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah very much very much very mm -hmm. much that mm -hmm. unrealistic expectations piece on that note Let's talk about, so in the world of the South specifically and the Southern black community, this term black excellence is discussed a lot. Um, a, lot uh, a lot of it is very good, very good. It brings out the best in us, brings out our best people the people that represent our communities the best yeah okay but what happens when that's misinterpreted mm -hmm. what happens to the young black strong black woman who has misinterpreted black excellence like how can she misinterpret it and how can she know that she has misinterpreted it what do you think about that? Donna, you know that, I don't know. I, you know, our culture, I, I love, I love my culture. And we just have such a knack for developing colloquialisms and ascribing so much meaning to them. Mm -hmm. You know, grinding, hustle and flow, be woke, all of these things. And I think in some ways it is designed to give justification to the, the, the momentum that we feel that we need to be in and, and, and putting a, a label on it. Because if you think about it, the word excellence can be very subjective. And then you add black excellence to it, it can be shrouded in a misperception of what is truly excellent. I, I, I think that if we are not prepared to go against the grain as people, as a culture, and oftentimes challenge the very wisdom of our culture, we will get stuck in this manufactured belief of what is success, what is black excellence, what is a real black woman. I think, I mean, we're in it now, I think trying to undo these misperceptions, these labels that we have affixed to ourselves. And now we, a, a people that have been in bondage are putting our own selves in bondage. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm a, I don't believe in the hustle and flow mentality. God didn't call us to hustle and flow. God called, I mean, hustle and grind, excuse me. I believe God called us to grace and mercy. You know, so when we talk about black excellence, excellence defined by whose standard of excellence? Because I'll be honest with you, Donna, people probably would have not subscribed to the notion that I achieved Black excellence because I was driving a 15-year-old car, you know, and I didn't have the latest and the greatest shoes. I didn't have the red bottoms, but you know what I did have? I was debt-free. Mm -hmm. Hey. <laughs> 
I, I had my own business that the Lord blessed me with. There my bills were paid. Mm -hmm. I didn't, I wasn't in the corporate grind that was misdiagnosing my true potential and my true worth. Mm -hmm. I like that. Misdiagnosing. Come on. Come on. And, Come and on. so would you say that sometimes it's not even necessarily that these black women are misunderstanding or misinterpreting black excellence, but sometimes it's being put upon them in ways that others have missed others in the workforce have misinterpreted others Absolutely. and maybe even their churches have misinterpreted. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I do believe that, Donna. You, you, you know what? I think that we, oh my goodness, we have, we have such a legacy of work and labor. It is ingrained in our DNA from the blood of our ancestors. The challenge that I see when we talk about these terms, black excellence, is that we're working in the wrong field. Mm. We're working on the wrong things. Mm. You know, you talked about the seed going in the ground and that there are external factors that have good intentions. There are sometimes there, there are seeds that are planted on the wrong soil. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we know what happens when seeds that ain't planted on the right soil. We know what seeds happen when they're planted on stony ground. That, that, Those that, roots don't get to develop is. properly. They don't. Yeah. Right. I feel like we're dealing with a segment of our of our people that their roots did, are not fully developed. They did, they're, they're on the wrong soil. Absolutely, absolutely. They're yeah. not. They're not getting the miseducation of the Negro. Is one of the the most important things to understand, in my opinion. Okay, I'm from Chicago. I'm from mm -hmm. Illinois. Illinois has some of the best schools in the country. Okay. I relocated to Georgia in my early 20s before I had children. Mm -hmm. I started to meet people who were same age, same grade level as me. Hmm. but and and it was a group of us it wasn't just me that moved here other friends we all we all migrated back down yeah. to the south from the north so we became friends with people that were born and raised here and went to school here all of us had certain basic knowledge i know what you're about to say that they didn't have i know we were the same age same grade level we was we would be talking and me and, me and my friends from up north, we say certain stuff and the other people are like, hmm? the miseducation yeah. that was supposed to have been in the past is still mm -hmm. going on. It's still happening right here, right now. And you see it when you meet these adults that are stuck in these jobs that don't pay them anything, slave wages, to be honest. <laughs> Because they mm -hmm. never got the foundational things they needed to be able to move forward. And unless they fight for that and go after that, which by the time you start having children, it's mm -hmm. probably 50 times harder to go back to school. Yeah. By the time you start having children, the likelihood that you're going to continue with going through the school is even further reduced. Now, yeah. people do it 
but it's hard. And so mm-hmm. a lot of people don't do it. Mm-hmm. And so you and end up with people working just to work. They're not just doing what they really want. Mm-mm. When mm-hmm. they finally do get to that, they're in their 50s. The kids mm-hmm. have left. And this is specifically with women. Mm-hmm. Women who are older going back to school because mm-hmm. now their kids are gone and they have the time to do it but they're older. So then you've got all of those things that you have to deal with in terms of if you have any health problems. So it makes mm-hmm. it that much less likely that you're going to go back and get more education. And then you've got the people who like me are married and their spouse might have something going on with their health. And that mm-hmm. whole, whole, so there's all these different factors starting these children out with the right, starting these women, these young girls out with the Mm -hmm. right education, with the right amount and right type of education and the right career counseling, it's critical. It is. It's critical so that when they get into their 50s, they may have some type of identity things to work on, Mm -hmm. but the transformation process will be a bit easier. Sure. Sure. Because they've gotten that foundation. Yeah. But that's not to say that just because you're older that you can't keep learning, because of course that's not right. true. I'm doing mm-hmm. it. And I know mm-hmm. other people that are doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Diana, I think what you've described uh, is this this whole process that we're that we're seeing in segments of people that have resided to say, well, this is just my lot in life, this is what I've done. I also believe that God is so intent on his children living out the full purpose that he's sending people like you via a podcast. Yeah. He's sending people in different venues, different avenues, people, people like myself that are that that are woke and are in dire um need of both of their own fulfillment of seeing other people see the fulfillment of that i believe that god is so intent on his people understanding that i have something greater for you just like anything else with what he has for us he's saying if you seek me you will find me when you search for me with your whole heart yes yes and so he's he's planting people like us in this atmosphere to give people opportunities to say hey the abundant life is still here yes because that's what i wish for you to have yes now you still have to do some work you still have to walk get out of the boat you still have to believe and trust me but it it, the 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 common denominator it's through him and keeping our focus on him and yes let's say for instance let's say that a person um decides that they're going to change their career Mm mm-hmm but all of their family, the, their mom or whatever, think they're crazy. Mm-hmm. How can they move forward? <clears throat> can they move forward knowing that the people that's clo- that are closest to them don't get it? What did he say? You're going to have to beset mother, father, sister, brother. <laughs> this path is not destined for everybody to walk with you. It is not. 
God will provide those who will nourish you, who will water you, who will give you the seeds. And I think that's the challenge is that we want to hold on to the familiar. And the familiar, the family, the friends, the network, and at the cost of our future, at the cost of the future self that God has ascribed for you to have, people make a choice. So yeah, my family, my friends think it's it, it's crazy. But what do but what do you think? Yeah. You know, what do you feel in your knower, in your spirit? What What's is the Lord? What is yes. the Lord showing you for yourself? What do you want? Yeah. Sometimes as women, we're trained to ignore mm-hmm. what we really want. We we're trained to go with what everybody else says or thinks or wants for us. And we're trained to ignore what's in our own hearts. What do you mm-hmm. say to a woman who is struggling with that? What, what it, hey, William Shakespeare said it best, to thine own self be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It is about making a conscious choice. Choosing myself does not mean that I don't choose to care for my family or my friends. Choosing myself is saying that I am going to be a better person to my family and my loved ones and my friends when I choose me. I don't think, I think in some regards, women are continue to devalue who they are. I feel like Donna, it sometimes it's the pendulum is one extreme or the other. Mm-hmm. That's true because the devil wants to keep us confused. So we either go to doing everything to exalt ourselves uh-huh. or doing everything to have this look of humility. Yes. And either one of those can actually be pride because yeah. you're so focused on other people on the one hand that you're ignoring what the Lord is putting in your heart. Or on the other hand, you're so focused on yourself and not wanting to feel proud that you're ignoring what God put in your heart because Mm -hmm. you have this, this myth in your head that if you are good at something that, you know, some people are conditioned by other mm-hmm. people, unfortunately, it's a very negative, toxic thing, conditioned by other people to believe that if you feel good about yourself, if you're good at something, that that's mm-hmm. prideful. What do you mm-hmm. say to those people? <laughs> oh, first thing that I teach in my workshop is, if you don't know who you are, let me tell you who Jesus said that you are, that you are the light of the world, mm-hmm. that you are like a city that sits on a hill, that you are a light. And when you are a light, you don't take a light and put it under a basket, but you put it on a lampstand so that that light can do what it's supposed to do, which is to give light to everyone around. And when they see your good works, they will not glorify you. They will glorify the father. If we don't embrace the fact that we are the light and that van humility, God gets no glory out of that. It gets no glory out of that. We are meant to be the light to the world and the places that we're in. And so if we don't recognize our, our, our shine, and because I'm recognizing my shine because God said, I'm doing whatever I do, I'm doing for his glory. He gets the glory out of what I do. Yes, yes. 
Yes. A lot of people feel that they have to be smaller, be duller to be accepted. And that is not what humility is. It is not. It is not. And it, 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 and it does not bring God glory. It doesn't. It doesn't give him glory. It may give space for somebody else to try glory. to take God's glory mm -hmm. while you diminish what God has put in you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say it again. <laughs> I remember when I was, I didn't recognize the power of my light until the Lord allowed me to look back over my career in corporate America. And I always seemed to get caught in situations where people were marginalizing what I did. And I was a facilitator, so I had to get in front of people. And it wasn't often the participants, it was my colleagues. You know, what did David say? It wasn't my enemy, it was my friends. You know, that did it to me. And I didn't realize then and then they were afraid of my light yeah. and how I would shine in the work that God anointed me to do. And they would say things to me after, or they would give me a critique or a review. And being very young in my faith, you know, it, it would crush me and young in my, you know, abilities as a facilitator. And then I had to, and God started to say, I need you to, I want you to grow up because I would get, then I become so anxious and nervous when I'm doing workshops and I would over-prepare and over-prepare. And finally, one day God just said to me, he said, you know why you're nervous? He said, because you're trying to do it. I need you to make room for me in that room. Yes. And when I got that done, let me tell you, I, I, I tell people that what, what God is calling you to do, either you're doing it already or he's going to make you fit to do it. And in that process, I was doing what he called me to do. And, and it allowed me to say, I'm not going to be afraid to shine. Y'all can't, but that's okay. But I, I'm doing a greater work than the work that you really think I'm doing up here. So you, you learned, so you learned that your black excellence was excellent enough. There it is. And your black girl magic was magical enough. And you weren't gonna let them tell you that it wasn't. And, and, and my, my black excellence and my black girl magic was only as great as what I allowed God to be great through me. Mm -hmm. See, because therein is the standard. If I am allowing God to make me excellent in his image, if I'm allowing God to work, uh, they say black magic, but you know, we say that anointing. If I allow him to work that through me, that's the only standard I got to worry about. And so... There, there came a time when you had to learn who to allow to be around that anointing, that excellence, that yeah. magic. Yeah. And so how do you know when and who, when mm. to be around people and who to be around. How do you 
what impact does that have when you're not around the right people or in the right places? What I have discovered is you're right. You have to be very careful of the people that you allow to speak into you. Um, and you have to really weigh heavily on what their intent is. And so that can sometimes make your circle very small. And so I have learned that when I am looking for people, because I do, I do believe that part of being able to confront who I am is being able to allow people to speak into me and to share with me uh, what I may not know about myself. I, I may have a blind spot in a certain area. Who will I allow to speak into me? And I choose that person very carefully in the regard that I know that they're going to speak uh, by God's strength and by on God's behalf and for God's glory. Those three factors. Because whatever you tell me, because of where my alignment is, God is either going to confirm it or reaffirm what you've just said. There's no mystery around that. So I become very selective about who I allow in my space, who I allow to speak to me. And, and, and I, 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 I use uh, who God has said I am to align what they've said with that word. Mm -hmm. I have to look for that alignment. So repeat that. You allow what they have said to be aligned with what he has said. So first you got to know what he has said about you. you. Come on now. Come on. Come on. What has he said about me? Mm. That's it. And so, and so when people are having a crisis of identity, they don't know what God has said about them. They don't. Where can they go? Which is why I start. Yeah. What he said about them. Yeah. Which is why I start with you are the light of the world. What does light do? It dispels darkness. Mm -hmm. You have a purpose. Wherever you are, God has placed you there for a purpose. Now, that purpose could be either for the people that are there or for you to get something from the people that are there with you. It's but there's a purpose. Yeah, it's reciprocal. Mm -hmm. so you got to know what he said. For people who, for women leaders specifically, who are Black women leaders specifically, um, sometimes... Some of them find themselves around people that intentionally tear them down. Yeah. Intentional. Mm -hmm. And it's sometimes it's not, it's not necessarily just coworkers. Sometimes it's family. Yeah. Yeah. What do yeah. you advise women to do when they are dealing with that type of toxicity in their relationships? Don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Dispel another myth in our culture that there's something wrong with therapy. Mm. Get help. Mm. Call someone. And I'm sorry, don't think it's got to be the pastor mm -hmm. or the first lady. Mm -hmm. Get someone that is skillful. Mm -hmm. Anything God did from, from the ark to the to Noah building that ark to to the in the uh, to the um what was it that Moses that uh, he had uh, David build? 
the Ark of the Covenant, to okay. Noah's Ark. Mm -hmm. He got skillful people to do it. Mm -hmm. Get skillful people to help you. The therapy, the counseling that you need. Retail to, therapy is not therapy. It is not therapy. <laughs> I say that. <laughs> that is the therapy that our people tend to gravitate toward. Retail therapy, social entertainment therapy, travel therapy, and you're doing all of this and you're still broken. Broke and broken. Compounding, compounding your brokenness with financial brokenness. There you have it. There you have it. Yeah. Yeah. Get help. Get help. A lot of people, a lot of people are now coming out uh, and disclosing their mental health issues and telling people, hey, I'm not the hero that you think I am. I'm just a human, just like you. And I went and got some help from a professional therapist, a professional psychologist, a psychiatrist. Yeah. And women have been jumping out of windows at the top of their game in their industry as models or pageant winners. These are considered to be the most beautiful, most talented, most successful women in the world and in their lives because they didn't get help. It's not worth it to leave your family in shambles because you didn't know that, that it was okay to get help. Yeah. Being that strong black woman label, mm -hmm. sometimes it can backfire on us <laughs> because the enemy then wants to make us think, oh, you're weak. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that, Jesus that, said, come on, Jesus said that you're weak, but I'm strong. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn mm -hmm. of me because my burden, my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Yeah. He didn't want us to have to carry the burdens by ourselves. And that so part. that's, that's one of the most important things to understand about toxic perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. He never intended for us mm -hmm. to be burdened down like that. And some mm -hmm. religious circles really teach the opposite of that. You're right. Yeah. And we, gotta let, right. And we have to let it go. We have to let go of these um, myths these big lies that yeah. the enemy has us believing because we've just been listening to other people who don't know nothing. And we gotta go find people who do know some things. And, and there it is right there, Donna. We have to go and find, we have to do the work. Yes. People are so quick to want to cause, uh, cast stones at the church and pastors. I'm sorry, you have to do your work. Yes, yes, yes. You know, and he didn't say church work out your old soul salvation. He told us, you got to work this thing out for you. Yes. Yeah. And there are some churches that do have some good counseling. That's good and it's sound counseling, but you still need to check their credentials. Don't just assume because mm -hmm. you see them standing in that pulpit or praying or whatever that they would be appropriate 
you got to do your due diligence and make sure that they are credentialed, that they're educated. Sometimes people need to go be, expand their education. Sometimes they may be good in one area, even, even with a certain type of therapist, they may not be appropriate for you. You know, for instance, I went to a therapist that was not a Christian Mm -hmm. for a while because that's what I could afford at that time. Mm -hmm. It did not help me at all. (laughs) And then I switched to a therapist, I switched insurance, and I was able to afford a Christian therapist who was excellent. Mm. Yes. Excellent. And he's still continuing to learn and to build his skills as a therapist. That's Mm -hmm. the kind of people that you have to um, look out, look out for people who are continuing to learn, but also people that are credentialed, not just necessarily in a general wide space, but in a niche. Like if you, like for instance, I'm a caregiver. There are certain Mm -hmm. therapists that specialize in helping caregivers. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a black woman. There are certain certain <laughs> therapists that help black women that are, you know, they really understand the things that black women go through, such as trying to um, come out of this toxic perfectionism thing. Sure. There are certain therapists that use a coaching style. Some therapists mm-hmm. just sit and listen to you and deal with the mental health stuff. But there are yeah. therapists that, will do that and they'll they'll teach you how to set goals and pursue your Mm -hmm. goals and that's what coaches do coaches help you pursue your goals so linda i just want to make sure we have an opportunity to share a little bit more about what you've got going on you mentioned that you got some things coming up so tell me more and share everybody what your website is or instagram or you know wherever you want them to come and find you Oh, absolutely. No, this has been awesome. Um, I, every month I do a, a masterclass, a virtual free masterclass, five strategies for every frustrated, stuck or confused woman. And it's just looking at the very things that we talked about. Uh, you can it, find me anywhere on Linda King, your identity expert. That's Linda King, your identity you can find me on Instagram, Linda King, your identity expert. You can even find me on TikTok, Linda King, your identity expert. So I, I, I'm trying to be as accessible as possible. <laughs> and I absolutely love your Instagram. You post oh, thank the you. <laughs> best, the best. That is just, you're just rocking that Instagram. I really, I really enjoy. Um, thank you. I just want to let everybody know that you know, where this conversation isn't to beat anybody up about your past choices. Mm. This is to encourage you that you don't have to stay. You don't have to choose to continue to stay there. You can choose something else. Yeah. Our purpose is to help you see how and why you should be planting your own seeds of transformation Nobody can do that for you. If you want something else deep in your heart, if you know you're not satisfied right now where you're at, if you believe that you need therapy, you Mm. need to get therapy. 
And if you think, and if you think, hey, you know, I've gotten therapy, I've gotten past this trauma or this crisis, but what do I do next? That's when you go to a coach. A coach can help you to move forward. And Linda, are you considered a coach? I am an identity expert. Okay. And I, I do referrals to coaching. Okay. Um, I really see myself as just helping people to get that consciousness and then point them in the right direction. And the other thing, the other option, a lot of people are ready for mentorship. Mm-hmm. That means that they're ready for somebody to come alongside them and partner with them to talk and to gain wisdom from mm-hmm. not just a mentorship relationship doesn't have to be one-sided. It doesn't just have to be the mentor giving you advice on what you can do to be like them. It can be two-sided. It can be a reciprocal Absolutely. relationship and mm-hmm. you can help each other. So if you have a friend that is like-minded, they're growth-minded, they're transformation-minded, they are doing their work, you can come along each other. You're both doing your work. You can come along each other and support each other in the ways that you're strong. It doesn't necessarily have to be that you hire a coach, but if you do want to hire a coach, I'm a coach too. And my goal is to support women who are doing remote work, doing virtual assistant work, because often they are not provided with um, transformational um, benefits. They might, they might have access to, let's say some, even if they're doing contract work, they might have, have access to some type of healthcare benefits, but they don't necessarily have professional development uh, resources available to them because they're contractors, they're not employees. If you're in the corporate world, then yeah, you definitely should tap into whatever's available from your HR department to continue developing yourself, not just in terms of your education, but in terms of your leadership skills, in terms of your personal leadership skills coincide with personal development skills because you can't lead other people properly if you're not leading yourself well. Is that right, Linda? Absolutely, absolutely, 100%. (laughs) So if you have access to those types of things through your job, please take advantage of that. It's like putting, it's like leaving money on the table when you don't take advantage of those things being provided to you at work. But if you are working on your own, through your Mm -hmm. own business as a virtual assistant or doing remote work for a company that has you under 1099 contract, you're gonna need to get your own personal and professional development. That's where I and other people like me can come in as coaches. So Linda King, (laughs) you serve the King of Kings. Yes, I do. Your queen and his kingdom, (laughs) helping other queens know who they are. Oh, I love it. (laughs) And we appreciate you here on the Plant Your Seeds of Transformation show. And everything that we've shared will be summarized, including Linda's contact information over at plantyourseeds.show. Thank you so much again, Linda. Appreciate you. you. And thank you, audience, for listening in and watching if you're watching the video version. All right, y'all have a blessed night now.